Welcome to The Balance, an inside look at the leadership of finance in the NHS, where we attempt to demystify the strange and complicated world of NHS and public sector finance and learn from the leaders behind the numbers. On this show, we aim to learn from CFOs, FDs and senior finance colleagues, exploring and learning more about what they do, why they do it, who they are and how they got into the positions they have. Welcome to The Balance. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Balance, an inside look at leadership of finance in the NHS. I'm Rob Forster, Chief Finance Officer and Deputy Chief Exec at Liverpool University Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust. And I'm thrilled that today's guest is Russ Favage, um, Deputy Chief Exec and Director of Finance at Mid Cheshire Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust. Welcome, Russ. Thanks very much, Rob. So, Rush, you know that you know the format of this. Get an insight into finance and an, an insight into to you as a leader and a person. Um, so, I wonder if you wouldn't mind giving us a brief introduction to you to yourself. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I'm uh, I'm probably someone who's at the twilight of their uh, career now. Um, I've um, I started, I trained in local government, so I'm local government trained, and then I jumped over into the health service in the early 90s. Um, and I'm someone who, as well as being around the block, I've worked in different sectors. So I've been a, um, a PCT, Commissioner DOF. I've worked in foundation trusts. I've worked in um, kind of like, I suppose, the region, NHS England, uh, where I led on specialised commissioning the northwest uh, and i've also had uh five years in in wales to working in a in a different system and an integrated system so i say someone who probably has seen the service from from every angle so to speak and say and actually having trained in local government uh initially i obviously understand kind of where they're coming from no well but absolute vast experience. So, so, so based on that, um, can you explain to the listeners what you think? What is finance role in the NHS, and and why is it even important? Yeah. So, I suppose finance. Um, I think that it's got a number of roles, uh, but I do think it's pivotal, pivotal, and pivotal and central. Um, to both the NHS as a whole and individual organisations, because I think finance gets into um, every nook and cranny of an organisation, and I think it features in you know every decision an organisation makes. There's usually some financial kind of um, consequences, implications, if you like. Um, so, and and then if you look at the role. Obviously, we're a service that's funded by uh, the taxpayer. And as we all know, there's never going to be enough uh, money for the demands that the service has. So obviously, it's really important that we use what resource we have wisely. And I think finance got a key role in that. And that's around, I suppose, the probity, the governance, clear accountability of what we've spent money for, being very transparent around that. Because... um, when we see um, issues uh, through organisations in health service and where things have gone wrong, whether that's from a, um, a service point of view or whether that's a financial point of view, what you normally find is those organisations have got poor controls, poor, poor decision making or even fraud. 
Uh, so I suppose the taxpayers rely on the likes of finance uh, to make sure we've got those all in place. But actually, it's a lot more than what some people might see as a policeman role, because uh, I think we help set the culture within an organisation. And what I mean by that is uh, particularly about needing to show balance. Uh, there's loads of different competing priorities in the, in the health service, whether that's from a quality and safety point of view, whether that's from a performance or from a finance living within our resources. And I think what we do in finance is uh, we help people to see that there's a need to balance all those items. I remember once a GP saying to me, uh, you're the person who brings us all back down to reality and makes us realise we have to make choices and can't have everything we want. And, you know, I was, I suppose, I think that was a bit of a badge of honour um, when he kind of said that, because I think he's absolutely right. That is our role. And it is about that key word is balance. We hear a lot in the health service about clinical governance, uh, but there's also co corporate governance. And I actually believe they're equally, they're equally important. Uh, and that's why it's about us really understanding risk uh, and what, what risks we're prepared to take as organisations or what risks we're prepared to live with and which ones we're not. We hear a lot about clinical colleagues. They talk about, you know, they make risks and make decisions every single day. So I see our role very much as, you know, kind of supporting that strategic and operational decision making and helping the organisation to prioritise those decisions and seeing which of those decisions really focus on adding value to the organisation. And, and finally, I'd say, you know, it's the old adage, isn't it? You know, control the money or the money controls you. And going back to that decision making, where you see organisations who haven't controlled their resources, usually the decision making is taken out of that local organisation's hands and they're made elsewhere. And often, you know, that's people who don't really understand the organization or understand the local population. So it's really important that you do control your money. Okay, th th thanks Russ, a, a really thorough answer. And, and obviously the, the NHS and the health service is at the, is at the center of facing a, a global crisis at the moment. Um, so, does that bring with it, what, what are the biggest challenges facing finance in, in that environment? And, and, and similarly, are there any opportunities coming out of that as well? Yeah, so I, th I think, you know, it, it, we're facing both um, an immediate financial one, but probably the greater challenge is going to be more in the longer term. And I think we as finance professionals and finance part, uh, departments are really going to play a major part in helping organisations navigate our way through both the short and longer term. So at the moment, and you know, I think we're all in the same boat here, but we're right in the eye of the storm around COVID. And I'm certainly seeing it in our trust, you know, the need to increase spending on critical, we need more critical bare beds, uh, PPE, uh, cleaning, all of which um, requires additional resources, but additional staff or asking our own staff to do more and um, I think it's really important uh, that I suppose not just as a finance director but as a director we need to keep an eye um, on the health and well-being of our staff but what we do as a finance director we also keep an eye on the long-term consequences of everything we're doing at the moment and it comes back to what I've 
said earlier about that. Um, I suppose it's about being proportionate in what we can and can't do. You know, what I see at the moment in under times of great stress, you know, colleagues are just grasping at every suggestion, every idea to do something. And, you know, more or less all these will have a financial consequences and there will be kind of a tail later on from some of the things that we're doing now. So I think that's where we, um, in financing, one of our big challenges is actually making people sit and talk through the things that we're doing and not just jump and make that immediate decision. I think we just need to think it through. And people sometimes confuse that when I talk about that in our organisation. I'm not talking about talking this through and taking months to make decisions when we need to make decisions quickly. But it's not just about making snap decisions. It's about just having that little thought, thinking about it, um, and what, what what's the kind of consequences. And we've probably all done this, where we've made decisions and there's unintended consequences that have, have come. And we've certainly seen that in some examples uh, through COVID kind of thing. It's like, oh, if we'd only sat and thought about it. We might have realised this. And, and I think the other thing would be around our kind of workforce. Um, you know, our, our colleagues are, I think, are getting exhausted. Uh, we're asking them to do more. Um, I think many people at the end of this COVID will be looking to get into uh, retirement. We knew we had a workforce shortage uh, beforehand, um, but I think it's going to be even greater once we get through, through all this and people will be that exhausted and we're looking to probably take early retirement. Um, and I suppose the final thing just on kind of what our challenges are is there's going to be a big challenge to get um, everyone back into the rhythm and beat around financial discipline. Um, and, you know, you're going to hear finance people at some point start talking about cost improvement programmes, productivity, efficiency. Um, I think that's going to be a massive challenge for us getting the whole organisations are used to, as I said, that kind of rhythm beat around this is what we do, annual planning, we have to do these sort of things and why we do them. Getting people back on board with that message, I think, is going to be a massive uh, challenge. Okay. You mentioned uh, kind of opportunities, Rob, and um, I suppose a few things for me there. What I've seen from this is the kind of newer, younger leadership uh, step up in organisations prepared to really grasp uh, the issues and go out and solve them. And often these are people who haven't really shown any sign of, um, of management in the organisation. And I think what we've got to do is make sure that we, um, we kind of embrace those people, keep them engaged uh, going forward, because they're the people who are going to drive the new models of care uh, and different ways of doing things, uh, which aren't as clunky as the old way. And certainly from a finance point of view, that's what we'll be driving um, around productivity, efficiency, and we need to do things slicker. But those people really step forward, and I've been really impressed uh, by some of them, how they've really grasped those issues and come up with solutions. Okay. Uh, thanks, thanks, Russ, for that, that really insightful from, from the many angles uh, in, into the work and, and the opportunities and challenges facing us. So... To change site site angle now, um, I'm assuming from from what you say, your vast experience and your, your experience, would, would you recommend um, finance as a, as a career? And and if so, um, how does someone become a finance leader? 
um, in the NHS? Yeah, so um, certainly I would definitely uh, recommend it. You know, of course, I wouldn't say not. But I think there's a public image of finance. But actually, you know, and particularly in the NHS, it's a really dynamic career. I think it's full of diverse roles and loads of opportunities uh, for people. And I think those opportunities don't always have to be within finance as you grow in the system and you get your grounding. I've had a number of people work for me who, once they've been qualified, have gone up into kind of general operational role. Uh, indeed, the former coup at our trust actually used to work for me in the finance department many moons ago. And I think the thing about finance is that I think they're generally well respected in organisations because of their business knowledge. Knowledge. So I would really encourage people. It is, you know, people hear about finance, but, you know, you get to work in different organisations, get really involved. You know, finance people go into theatres, understanding how operations uh, kind of work all across the health service. And what my advice to people is that um, I would seize every opportunity that's presented to you. Never go into something with an attitude, oh, I don't know about that. It is the old sink or swim, but I think you really grow. And, you know, for those of us who have become kind of directors, we've many times faced that position where, oh, my God, I don't understand this, I don't. But you just need to get in it. My own personal um, thing about, you know, whether people want to become finance uh, leaders is that um, I think it's about getting as much broad experience as you can. Uh, now, I know that's not the only way, and some people have stayed in one organisation of work, they're all the way up to finance, but I actually think you become a rounded person. And as I said at the beginning, I've worked in a number of different sectors, including um, local government, and I think that just helps you become a more rounded person because you understand where the other person's coming from when you're having discussions. But as I've come up through, through the system, I did a lot of networking and joined the likes of HFMA groups. Um, what I would say is that's a real pull on your time. And, um, and whether that's at night or whether you do it in the day and you have to catch up at night. So for people about, do I want to become a finance director? I think you really have to think and you really have to want to become one. Don't just become a reluctant one. Because, you know, if I'm really honest on this um, on, on this chat, you know, work, people talk about work-life balance. I think the vast majority of people, once you reach director level, you get it wholly wrong. Now, I think times are changing from when I kind of came up. And I think there's a lot more opportunities to be more flexible. Um, but, you know, no one wants to put on their gravestone. Do you know what? I wish I put more hours in work. Uh, you know, but when I look back at my kind of career, I think at times I have to put work ahead of kind of family. So if you want to become a finance director, I think you really need to uh, think about that work-life balance. I say I think it's a lot easier now. And, you know, obviously things like the remote working has made it uh, a lot easier. But I, I think it is something that you really need to want. Don't just do, oh, yeah, I'll become a you know, like I'll do it. You really need to be wanted and think about why you want to become a finance director. Okay, thanks, Russ. So that, that's really helpful advice for our, for our listeners and, and and really honest advice as well. I think so. That's, that's brilliant. So, just want to close up on a last couple of questions. 
about you, about Russ, the, the, yeah. the man, the leader. Um, first of all, if, if you had one motto or um, saying or a philosophy um, on life or leadership, what would that be? Um, I think it's that people rarely succeed unless they're enjoying themselves and having fun in what they're doing. So, you know, if you're doing a job that you absolutely hate, I think the likelihood is you're unlikely to succeed in that. So I think you've got to enjoy and have a bit of fun at times. Don't take everything so serious. When we're in serious jobs, but you've got to have a bit of fun. So, yeah, so you don't succeed unless you're actually enjoying what you're doing and have a bit of fun in it. So that would be kind of my motto. Brilliant. Well, well, well. We've certainly enjoyed uh, this this chat with you on this on this podcast, and and I know how busy a man you are. So we really like to thank you for your time and some really unique insights into into your journey. But one final question, um, which, which which could be revealing about about you, um, often is. Can you tell us a, a, a favourite song or a song that means something, uh, represents something or means a lot lot to you um, and, and and perhaps why? Okay. Uh, yeah, good question. I'm going to come up with a few. I think what I'd pick, I was, I, was, uh, I suppose, a chat, growing up in the kind of 80s, uh, Echo and the Bullyman were one of my favourite groups and they've got a song called Nothing Ever Lasts Forever. Um, and I think it's really apt for the current COVID times, that song. So this is a song about life never turns out exactly how you want it or how you've dreamed it. So it's about seizing the moment. Uh, you know, don't, don't look back and kind of think what could have happened or too much look forward. Just take chance, live life as 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 today. And the first line of the song goes, I want it now, I want it now, not the promises of what tomorrow brings. I like to live in dreams today. So it's not about dreaming about the future, live your life now. So that's probably my uh, song that I'll give you. Well, what, what a brilliant way to, to end this interview. So so thanks again, Russ, for a, for a brilliant podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much, Rob. Yes. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Balance. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe. Thank you and see you next time.